0: Junior.
1: He did. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. This is a special edition of the RotoViz OT podcast. We have done a number of drafts over the last couple of weeks, and people have had a lot of positive feedback for those. So, we are doing another live draft. This one, though, is in the high stakes format. The other drafts, relatively high stakes i guess we'll say but this one in the ffpc main event is nineteen hundred dollars buy-in the top prize is five hundred thousand dollars there's 3.9 million in total prizes so hopefully we will do enough in our draft here to be able to take home some of that prize money come the end of the season so it's going to be a fun one we are drafting from the nine spot and of course i'm drafting along with my co-host here sean siegel it's going to be a fun one as we run through that Just before we start on the draft, I want to mention the 0RB list. Obviously, a lot of people look forward to it every year. It is must read. Sean has been dropping part one, two, and three over the last couple of days. If you haven't checked it out yet, I would head on over immediately. Even when you're listening to this, you can listen to it. You can read the piece at the same time. Uh, It is up on rotoviz.com and uh, I would recommend doing so. If you aren't signed up to rotabiz.com, it is the perfect time to do it ahead of the new season. You can do so using the code RVRADIO2021 and save yourself 10% off a listener's discount. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools up there as well. But, Sean, drafting from the nine spot is going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to this one. I think that we'll probably be aiming towards, you know, that uh, elite wide receiver or possibly... um Mixing in Darn Waller at that point, so with the wide receivers will be looking at Devontae Adams. Um, Tyreek Hill, Diggs as well would be in the mix there. Um, they're probably the options, or of course, um, maybe we, we lean into uh, in the second round, potentially a falling Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley.
2: Definitely. The receivers there are going to be the value. We have a difficult choice if all of those guys and Waller are still available. Waller has been the player we've often gone with in round one and in many cases the tight end that we've gone with really in the middle of the round i expect him to still be available at our pick and yet because tj hawkinson could be an option for us in round three because george kittle could be an option for us in round two we actually have some different ways we could go with that you look at Tyreek Hill, the situation that he has The way that he could be the overall wide receiver one, and not just wide receiver one, wide receiver one with a gap this season, I think he sets up nicely for uh, giving us a lot of options as the draft develops. Uh, We've gotten into a situation now where Barkley is practicing a little bit, Taylor, and the sort of peripheral elements with him, the quarterback, the offensive line, those positions are getting a little bit healthier again. Uh, There is some concern, obviously, that you would lose him in the championship game, or the regular season league uh, with the week 14 bye but those guys are kind of solidifying at the one two turn at the nine spot they may not get back around to us but we do have a lot of options so uh, we've been taking darren waller a lot in this situation i'm hoping based on where we are that we'll have a shot at tj hawkinson in round three i might be leaning toward Tyreek hill for our first round pick here what are your thoughts, knowing that like the 3-4 area also makes a big difference in terms of what we do? One of the tricky elements of this is that in round three, going away from sort of our wide receiver build, DeAndre Swift with the groin injury and the rhetoric around that likely to be there. TJ Hawkinson, a target. We really have two non-wide receivers we really like at that point.
1: Yeah, I like um, both of those guys. Obviously, the groin injury, a bit of a concern. But... We will see what happens. the The reports that might have been kind of they have been concerning that it seems that it's not just like a little you know let's rest them. It seems to be a little bit maybe more serious than that. But um, I, I like Hawkinson. Um, my my question was always going to be, a lot of our drafts were were trying to get say a third wide receiver in the third round. But I find that once you go past kind of team six or team seven, a lot of the guys that we like there um, are gone. You know, the end of that tier tends to be for us. Kind of the terry mclaurin keenan Allen range and they tend to be gone so depending on how the draft goes i would expect them to be gone but if we get a, a more running back heavy start they might be there so that would be where the decision then would come down to myself between the likes of um the likes of hawkinson versus one of those wide receivers in the third there if we get Waller, if Waller did happen to fall to spot nine, I've seen that once or twice so far, um, would we take Waller there and then look to go for a wide receiver in the third? Can you just flip the flip the options?
2: Well, I think if we go Waller, I would really want to go Swift. I'd, I'd like to get a little bit more running back exposure than we got in our last draft. I love the last draft. I think it's... it's- <laughs> A so lot of fun, the, uh, just so we, wa- we
1: want to get more than zero percent exposure than to running backs. <laughs>
2: more than zero, <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's that's our philosophy of zero, so we don't want more than zero necessarily. But if it works out, uh, we wouldn't mind having that as swift to somebody I think is going to be a first round pick next year. There, there was the talk about the groin, it was kind of funny. I'm reading through the different reporting on that, and I haven't seen A lot of things, although, you know, I I tend to get more stuff through reports than through Twitter, for example. So maybe this has been switched around. However, the people following the team are like, okay, well, you know, head coach says this could be a little bit issue. The very next day, Swift back at practice looking good. You know, you're back at practice looking good. You've got two weeks till the season starts. I don't think this is a huge deal. Now, anytime you have these soft tissue injuries, uh, you're you're thinking, okay, well, number one, it could be frustrating throughout the season. Number two, you could lose a big of game. So it's not like it's nothing but it seems like this idea that he might not be ready for week one is a little uh, sort of over, overhyped, a little more drama there than actual substance. And I mean, Swift should be going mid second at the latest round. Late round three is just a complete and total gift. And so a little bit of exposure there would be nice. That, that's also like you mentioned, it's a tricky spot for receivers. Now, Chris Godwin, someone I would like to get some exposure to with that Thursday night game. Buccaneers, Cowboys, anybody we draft today who has a monster game we can put in. Now, uh, someone you're drafting in the third, fourth round, you're planning to play anyway, but one of the nice things about having a lot of receivers is that if we have someone who we know didn't go off in week one, then we're not stuck with that those points, right? We'll have a lot of other options. And so we have a little bit of flexibility there. That Buccaneers-Cowboys game, something we want to be thinking about too in the rounds like nine, 10, 11 range with Ronald Jones, Tony Pollard, uh,
1: Gio bernard yeah and they're definitely guys that we're usually targeting so uh, i'm all aboard with that as well just out of interest sean with the format here and the the way the playoffs and things are going to work out any concerns around those bye weeks um things like that for the playoffs uh,
2: in terms of taylor are we are we looking at
1: so we we have we have the playoffs in week 13 and 14 so third week 13 as well so in week 13 uh we've like the likes of the panthers as well
2: Right, and your Green Bay Packers. And so we're, we're looking at some guys in that first round that are probably a little bit less appealing. I think if we get to a point with the ninth pick where it's Adams versus Hill, that that swings it to Hill, probably. I, I think that kind of how the Chiefs have rebuilt, they've got the offensive line there, they just – failed in their attempts to really get a solid third receiver. Now, there's been a lot of buzz for Hardman. I think that actually works extremely well for both Hill and Kelsey because you've got the shot guy who's going to make the offense more explosive. It's still pretty hard to see Hardman having a big role. And so, you know, if we have someone who has kind of the 2019 Michael Thomas season, the 2020 Devontae Adams season, which... If Adams... So I'll go ahead and turn off my sound here. So that doesn't cause those problems during the show if we have somebody who does the 2019 michael thomas season the 2020 Devonte adams season which would have been uh, even more notable if he hadn't missed a few games i think it's going to be hill this year and so yeah i think that 13 14 it does come into play because we do want to be set up with these top picks to to win the title i mean I, I think this team is going to be good enough the structure is going to be strong enough we're going to be in position you know we do want to win there the question adam's in round one i think is probably a stay away we've got some similar options if you wrap back around if jonathan taylor makes it to us with the fourth pick in round two and we kind of have him as a top five guy then that's where it gets interesting and so you know as we kind of move through the first three or four picks here Colin, where are you on Jonathan Taylor?
1: So uh, I think if we get an option in the second round, I think it'll be an interesting one to select. I do agree with you in terms of the situation with, uh, say, like if it's Devontae Adams versus Hell or Diggs. I think we do a tiebreaker there for for the the player, not on the bye week in the playoffs. So we're going to have some interesting selections to make, uh, not against – Taylor obviously the news has been very positive in the last week or so around the Colts and their injury situation Carson Wentz and so on and the other player we mentioned this in one of the recent podcasts Saquon Barkley seems to be continuously kind of hitting the targets that uh, the Giants have for him so he could be somebody interesting as well but we may also see that cause them to move up the draft boards higher than they have been uh, in the last couple of weeks Uh, one of our drafts, Sean. Uh, probably about a month ago now i think we started it with um uh, both of those guys so i think we, we have some interesting options um let's see how it plays out we're four picks in as the, the clock ticks by uh, so far it's gone as you would expect McCaffrey, kelsey cook Kamara. we'll see who falls but i did touch on it earlier sean we'll see if it he comes off the board uh probably soon enough but um if waller is there are we are we going tight end or are we looking to really pin on the wide receiver here
2: I think I would like to wait because we have the situation where we could take George Kittle wrapping back around. We have the really good shot here at TJ Hawkinson. We put together a special board for this draft and just looking over the last couple of days, Hawkinson has been going in early round four. And so, you know, we're likely to have a shot at him in round three. If we want to take Swift in round three, we're likely, I mean, it, you know, 30 40 chance to have a shot at it even in round four what are your thoughts here on the second pick it might inform a little bit what we do with the first one we, yeah, so we
1: be- are we are we are on the clock obviously so we'll, we'll make it quick We've forty 45 seconds to go uh for the listeners everyone that we kind of wanted to have an option is there i i think i like your your option to go and get um the, the tight end and the, the third, fourth kind of round range. And we still will have Fanton and Thomas and those kind of guys if we do miss out. So I think uh, Hill is probably the target here, either Hill or Diggs. Happy to go with either of those. um And it sounds like Hill is your preference of the two.
2: Yeah, let's go with Hill and see kind of where we come back on the receivers. So we yeah, do what, that... What?
1: with hell going there um that gave us a real situation where we had all the options that we kind of wanted to have i wasn't expecting of quite as many options but that also leads to hopefully positive news over the next six picks before it gets back to us we'd be hoping to have an option off the likes of um Ad- well adams has just gone off the board but maybe a digs uh, the other players shown that i would have in the mix in the second round would be Ridley and Justin Jefferson, maybe even a DK Metcalf might uh, appear in there. But the other option that we mentioned already is Barkley or Taylor. So let's just say, well, let's not say because Diggs has just gone off the board. But at the moment, then we're down to kind of a two v two situation, and that I would expect that some of these running backs move here in the next couple of picks. So we still have Waller who hasn't gone off the board, and um, and we're at the back end of the first round. So we would have the options of Waller, Barkley, Taylor. Ridley, or Jefferson, and then George Kettle would potentially be another option. How do you feel about the running backs for us? Because we've done a lot of talk about the wide receivers this this offseason. We kind of know how we feel about them. But in this format, how do you feel about uh, Barkley and Taylor? And I I would give the edge to Barkley again because of the bye weeks. But um, what's your thoughts on those two guys?
2: Because of the bye weeks and because of the massive receiving upside, they've really been struggling to get Tony involved. Kenny Galladay has been a disaster for them, hasn't been able to practice. And so they are kind of back in this situation where, you know, Sterling Shepard is looking like the guy. And that's never really where you want to be at this point. I think with the upside that he has as the season develops, you know, you would would have to go his direction. When we look at these receivers, so A.J. Brown, I think, would also be an option, but he has the week 13 by – We're looking at Ridley, looking at Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson has that sort of frustrating week seven bye, where if we start to take week seven guys right off the bat, then it gets very, very uh, crowded there as we go along. George Kittle with the week six bye would leave us open to take DeAndre Swift in round three. And I know that we're a little bit concerned about the traffic jam of targets there and what will happen with Trey Lance, but Lance is a very good Uh, Our buddies at Ship Chasing, especially Pat Corrine, uh, is pushing us to take Kittle any time that sort of falls and it fits into the build there. What are you thinking in terms of Jefferson versus Ridley versus Kittle if those are the guys that we're looking at?
1: Yeah, my my favorite of those would be to go with Ridley um, in terms of, of getting the second wide receiver. Um, I don't mind going for Justin Jefferson. We joked on this in a recent draft that if I go for a wide receiver in round two with a week seven or a week nine by the guy I get in round three has the the same by. But we've mentioned that we're looking to to go an alternative way. As I say that Ridley has gone off the board. So uh, in the meantime, Barkley also went off the board and Jonathan Taylor has gone off the board. So that leaves us with the option off Jefferson, Kittle or Metcalf. I'm happy with any of these guys. It just depends if I would probably lean towards wide receiver to give us the option to to go for Hawkinson a little bit later unless you want to take Kittle at this point.
2: Yeah, so let's keep that option open. Uh, Justin Jefferson just with massive upside this season. One of the concerns that I have is that his quarterback could miss a bunch of games because... And so, you know, we're we're looking at that as perhaps a complicating element, but Jefferson really the monster here. And that gives us a lot of opportunity to build out of that. As we go through, we can still have those guys round three, round four, balance out the other uh, elements of build. And Colin, that's not how we were hoping to have it fit there to lose out on Barkley, Ridley and Taylor right before our pick is a little bit of a disappointment but when you're talking about a disappointment of having Justin Jefferson on your team in round two that's uh, a very good scenario
1: yeah it's not a bad fallback to have uh, in terms of like you know what most of our drafts are going to start off like they're probably going to start off this particular way and I do think that it probably mixes a little bit uh, like closer to the the build we talked about originally with um swift ff I, it was going to be tough for me on the Taylor one again with the bye week it wouldn't have put me completely off him but I was hoping that Barkley was the one that we would have got uh, and landed there the second option I would have hoped then was for Ridley but obviously they went but but Jefferson is obviously somebody we expect to have a, a massive season had the breakout as a rookie can have if he takes any sort of a step forward um as a second year player it's going to be insane but if we can even get him to uh, maintain what he did last year will be in a, a good spot so we have quite a bit to go obviously um, to get back to our picks so we have time to think through our options and our selections but I do think the interesting thing now is, is if we have the option of both of the guys we've talked about in Swift and in Hawkinson obviously both with the Lions um, are, are you happy to take both of them if both of those guys were there or are we concerned that then we would be too overloaded on the, the Detroit Lions in that offense.
2: I would be okay with that. I think that those are going to be the two guys who really drive that offense. I think the volume upside for them is just so far through the ceiling that they're both potential league winners. It also gives us a little bit of a hedge and that, you know, you don't actually want your picks in round three round four to not work out for you, but we know that that's simply the case, right? You're not going to have everything work, which is one of the reasons why you have to be strong structurally, why you've got to keep loading up on good selections throughout your draft i kind of like having exposure to these two lions with the extreme upside scenarios
1: yeah no i like that as well and um i do think the other options like let's say we get a something really works out for us you know how the draft's going so far we might see someone get pushed down but i think it'll be a little bit tough but if we could get one of those wide receivers of the, the cd lamb terry mclaurin mix in there i think it would make it interesting but with those guys, is there a priority for Hawkinson over Swift, or is it Swift over Hawkinson? Which way are we, are we playing it in the hopes of things uh, going our way?
2: Well, Colin, as we look down the board a little bit, one of the things we have to decide is where we're going to make our first sort of zero running back-ish pick. And if we don't have Swift, we might take it a little bit earlier. One of the guys who is on the zero RB list did come out the, the final portion today, so you can get that. At Rotoviz is Trey Sermon. He's someone who is going in the middle of round six. He probably will be available to us in round six. Do we feel comfortable selecting him and hoping that a wide receiver comes back to us in round seven? Or do we prefer to select LaVisca, Tyler Boyd, Juju Smith-Schuster, someone like that? Now, when we look at some of the later targets, we have in that round nine range, Zach Moss, James Conner, Ronald Jones wrapping back around Tony Pollard. And so we know we're probably going to take a running back there, although we do have a wide receiver in Will Fuller who is almost an auto pick for us in round 10. So, kind of that balance, you know, do we want the receiver in round six who's a little bit of a reach or do we want to take the running back there? And instead of sort of uh, building guys who are more backups in round 10, looking to make sure we get Will Fuller, maybe an Elijah Moore, uh, Rondell Moore in the last day. And so we have more than 100 drafts from like the last 48 hours. So looking at that, Rondell has not come back to round 11. That's something we have to take into consideration. But Henry Rugg is likely to be there. Having guys in round 10 and 11 with the wide receivers who are priority picks. I mean, the wide receivers in that range are not really that appealing, but you only have to have, you know, one guy. And so I think we do have one guy in both of those spots. How does that inform what we want to do really already this early?
1: I think if we have an option for Swift, I, I do think he's really, really interesting there. I think then uh, I know a couple of other guys that are on the list, the likes uh, you know, we've drafted him a good bit this offseason, Javante Williams, for example. I think there's certain points that if we pass on those, we just continue to get later and later. Um, there's a lot of guys in that round, say, let's say 8 through 11 at the running back position that I, I like to get. But I think in this situation, it would be nice to get one of those guys – and those first, you know, five six picks um, to to give us that little bit of a, a stability as well at the running back position. Um, and in, in this particular format, I think all the players that you've mentioned there, you know, I, I like them all. If we have a situation where the opportunity is going to present itself here to get the likes of Swift, if we miss out, then we can can readjust it. Um, but looking ahead, I think we have a lot of options in these first ten rounds. Will be like at, at both positions. I think we'll be in a pretty pretty strong strong spot all around the the thing with the Niners you touched on it with Kittle we've talked about it with the likes of Debo Samuel um, and the running back position it's hard to know where exactly it's going to go but there's going to be a lot of volume and there's going to be a lot of points scored by this offense and then obviously we're still having questions around the the definite situation at the quarterbacks but the 49ers are going to be really good on offense Kyle Shanahan's going to have them in a really strong position with his play call and I think that's going to have them pretty much been very efficient and quite high scoring and I think their defense is going to take a step back from what it has been um, over the last kind of three or four years and I think that's going to make them have to put up some more points. I don't think it's going to take a massive step back but I think that'll help with the offensive production so I'm excited if we do go the route of getting those 49ers on board but I am intrigued to see how the draft is going so far. It has been more running back heavy but just about we do have three tight ends off the board and kelsey waller and kittle as you would expect and um, so it is going to be interesting because the next tight end that does come off the board um will be at hawkinson so i think probably sean if we're playing it i think we go are, how, how strong are you going with the injury news on swift are we taking swift at that third round pick if the options there or are we taking that tight end i i really like fant and Thomas as well but I do like getting somebody out of that top group or Hawkinson and then pairing it with one of the other guys is generally a way that I'm I'm playing it um, how strong do you feel about the lion
2: Yeah I mean Hawkinson is going to have a monster season right so we we definitely want him here at the same time you know, if we miss then Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, those are a couple of the guys who are very, very high on the priority as well. So I don't think that we can go wrong here.
1: I, I do think that the I, I think that the Swift oh, and Hawkinson's gone off the board <laughs> at the, the 307. I was gonna say I think Hawkinson or Swift is probably the the target in the third, and then that gives you the option on the way back to get the likes off, you know, uh DJ Moore or Chris Godwin I love Moore again the Panthers having that bye week makes it a little bit interesting if it's Hammer Godwin in most formats I'm picking more over Godwin but it'll be interesting here uh tight end then Kyle Pitts has gone off the board it's the fifth tight end at the 308 so we are on the board Sean how do we feel about that swift pick
2: yeah let's go with swift here and we're looking at Godwin Moore and I think JK Dobbins coming back In round four, a Swift Dobbins start would be very interesting, and those guys uh, just have a lot more upside, really, than their price indicates. I mean, J.K. Dobbins should be going at a similar price to Nick Chubb, and so we could do that, and then we have a ton of flexibility with the wide receivers as we go through to load up on them. We wouldn't necessarily need to make that deviation in round six. Um, uh, the more situation with the bye in week 13 and just how much more we already have now this is our first main event together you know we don't want to move off of our favorite guys in this format obviously and yet at the same time uh, i i want to make sure we're in the best position to win that championship and uh, Terrace Marshall as well continues to look fantastic. That may cut into more a little bit more than I was expecting. One of the things with Curtis Samuel leaving, it really helps more uh, talking with Ben Gretsch, obviously comes with stealing bananas and a DJ more fanatic. Uh, he's been excited about how the offense looks. They look better in the preseason game that just played yesterday. Sam Darnold looked okay. You know, not a disaster, which I think is all you're really hoping for from Darnold, and the the whole mix works better with Marshall instead of Curtis Samuel, who is really a little bit of a a forced target guy, a manufactured touches player who didn't necessarily help the offense. Marshall may do more at the same time, and may cut a little bit more into uh, DJ's targets than, you know, we were hoping. So anyway, we have more goes off here at the 312. We don't have to worry about him Um, I know that you are a little bit concerned about Dobbins, don't necessarily want another running back and don't necessarily want a running back who doesn't catch passes. But we're looking at winning the $500,000. Does it mitigate some of those concerns to think in terms of Dobbins being a guy who during a three week run in the fantasy playoffs could score, you know, seven, eight, nine touchdowns?
1: Yeah, and it's not that I, I'm—I don't like that. I really like Dobinson. I've always said I've, well, since he came into the NFL that he was for 2021, and we're in 2021, so I think uh, he's ready for for the big time right now. And I think we've seen flashes of it last year. I think we're going to see a better offense this year from the Ravens as well. And uh, another player I'd probably pass into the mix here when we talked about tight end was Mark Andrews. I think um, we'll, we'll see a better season for him as well. We see Higgins go off the board at the 401 quite sure that uh, we have a couple of guys in here sean some people did reply <laughs> on twitter to say that they were drafting today i didn't give out what time we were drafting that but we have some very uh interesting starts here at the back end of the the first round may maybe in the road of his builds here that we're we're seeing some things take place i think dobbins can be very very interesting sean as he goes off the board so that wouldn't worked out very well it was a very short conversation i think he's in a, a good spot this year but we have one pick to go and i think if we do manage to get him to us I think Chris Godwin is a smash here as he makes it back to us. Uh, I have no concerns. Have you anyone else? I mentioned Mark Andrews. We do have 50 seconds to discuss it. I, I think Godwin's the pick un, unless you think Andrews is somebody to, to go strong for.
2: Yeah, I'd like to continue to look to a little bit of the, of the less expensive tight ends. Guys who might be able to actually get more volume, than anders gets now i think that anders is going to be a big time player in a similar situation to dobbins where that three-week run you're a little bit less concerned about the overall volume and you're more concerned about these massive efficiency weeks you can get with a player like that in that offense they tried to add wide receivers but the bateman injury and the Marquise Brown relative no-show has been a situation where uh, we still think that Andrews is going to be a huge part of what they do in that offense. And so Andrews, somebody we want, but perhaps not quite at that price with a player like Godwin still available.
0: Hey, Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com,
1: We look at some of our targets, Sean, here when we're getting towards the fourth round now, obviously a round and a half. It's nice when we're doing these drafts when we're not picking at the 11 spot of that. I know we're picking at the nine. You get a little bit of time to, to think about the picks between. It's it's not as much pressure. But when we're looking ahead now to the fourth round, uh, we haven't really had any of the guys that we, we wanted to, to drop all the way. I guess Swift did drop a little bit um, to get to us. Um, I, I'm really happy with how things are playing out so far with the Uh, jefferson hill godwin at wide receiver and then having swift so you mentioned the running backs and trey sermon i mentioned williams as well at this point unless it becomes a a value are we trying to hit those guys where they're currently going by adp or are we trying now that we have swift to really load up on those wide receivers and and tight ends and i mentioned the two tight ends um we have talked about them a lot this offseason but are you looking here in this draft to to target the likes of fant and thomas Uh,
2: potentially but not but not as a must-have we're in a little bit of a dead zone area there i mean the the early sixth which is where we draft, you know the 604 is about where you would expect thomas to go off the board it's a little bit early for fant but you know, with the Bridgewater selection at QB, I think there's going to be more enthusiasm there. So we could go with those guys. Loviska at this point is not coming back to the 7-9. So if we want him, that's also the range that we would have to consider. So we have some potentially dynamic plays at that spot. Uh, Colum, you know, when you contrast Chenault, when you contrast Sermon and the upside that they potentially bring with Thomas and Fant, Uh, Where are you at this point? I I think that there are some plays a little bit later on at tight end that are interesting. You know, we have the Cole Komet, we have the Irv Smith. You can go with someone like uh, Mike Asicki or Robert Tanyan if they drop a little bit. You can even go with Blake Jarwin very late because of that Thursday game. And so there are some other ways to play it. If we, you know, pass on a Trey Sermon, for example, you know, you probably don't have that massive upside later at that position having said that obviously we just went through the 15s here running back targets we have a lot of guys that we do like overall
1: yeah Now there is other guys that I like but I think what we're really going to see here is just depending how the the draft plays out if we go for the likes of sermon if we go for Williams and it sounds like um they are going to be quite quite good discussions to see where we land on those um chenault is starting to really go up in value um we've mentioned the times you know where we could get him in the ninth round and then he was in the eighth round and then he was in the seventh round i remember back maybe two months ago we were having the conversation that i was taking chark over chenault when there was a round and a half difference in chark's favor and, and now obviously that is flipped but we're getting to a point now where <laughs> you're having to really go and get him and i think depending on your build that can work out and um, we've talked about it if he is the you know Fourth, fifth wide receiver, that puts you in a a great spot. And we will have the option to do that rather than a mere wide receiver one if you've started off with a heavy approach at the running back position. So again, we'll see. But I think at the current price that we're starting to see Chenault at it's getting really, really expensive. So I know in most drafts I'm the one who says, Let's take Chenault. We'll we'll see how it's it's playing out here. But I think um based on the ADP at the moment, he's not really gonna be there first in the seventh. And I don't know if we'll we'll pull that trigger um in the early sixth so we're coming up we're five picks away um from when we'll be selecting so we do still have a number of uh, targets available quite surprised sean that um we still have a situation where oh he just went off the board mike evans has gone off the board at the 503 uh, quite a bit after where we would kind of tend to see him uh, come off the board so i think that was a strong value there who who are we hoping we have in the queue branton Ayuk at the moment we have jerry judy we have chase claypool we also have Kyler Murray. So we haven't had a discussion yet about the quarterback position. Uh, we have Jackson off the board. We have Josh Allen off the board. We have Patrick Holmes off the board. We had a lot of fun last year having Kyler Murray as our quarterback in a, a couple of our, our season-long lineups. Um, how much of a consideration is, is he if he makes it to 509?
2: I don't think of the 509 unless both Ayuk and Judy are gone, which is very possible. At the same time, there are a lot of late guys this year where last year that wasn't the case in quite the same way. And so, you know, you have the Trey Lance, you have the Justin Fields, being able to pair them with a Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think is very compelling. Joe Burrow is very inexpensive. We have a ton of him, but I think that it still makes sense to go that direction. You know, if you go Burrow and Fitzpatrick, then again, you're in the situation where you have uh, the veteran play, who I expect to absolutely annihilate ADP, and you have the second year coming off of injury play for Burrow where uh, I think that Burrow has a chance over the second half of the season to be the overall QB one. Now, will he be the favorite? Obviously not because you have guys like Mahomes and Murray and Jackson and Allen who uh, are so clearly there with the math, with the massive upside Burrow with those three wide receivers by the second half of the season with him being a little bit healthier. I just think it gets very difficult to uh, look at him and not see the upside there now Ayuk and judy both do go off the board now suddenly we're a little bit thinner and, and this isn't unexpected right we're a little bit thinner as we come up to the 509 we have murray we have claypool we have thomas sermon this could be a situation where we just decide to go sermon and chennault a little bit early or we could take one of those guys and then get one of those tight ends
1: yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. Uh, I didn't think Ayuk or Judy would get back to us, but uh, uh, the hope was there. Yeah, so we have kind of in our mix at the moment. We have um, Claypool, Keller Murray, Trey Sermon, as you mentioned, um, and then uh, I think we, I, I think it's one of those that we would take and then we would wait to get back. I think uh, with Claypool going off the board now, we have one pick to go. We'll see what happens. Jamar Chase has gone off. So we are back on the clock. Realistically, for me, the selection is between Murray, Thomas, and Sermon. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of options later to go quarterback unless we want to get one of those real top tier guys and Murray. So I'm happy to go Sermon here if that's the way you want to go. Um, I'm also happy to go Murray or Thomas.
2: Yeah, let's at least play it out here to see what we get at the the quarterback position much much later. We, we talk about the quarterbacks later. That is going to be in the range with some of our zero RB targets that we want. So you know, even once it gets to be a lot less expensive, then there is a cost, but. We'll go sermon here give us our the second you know big upside potential at running back and then look for juju boyd smith schuster i mean <laughs> look for boyd smith schuster or, or chanel coming back around or if we decide that at that point it is the tight end we can go that direction colin where are you on the fant versus logan thomas argument at this point We've had several guys come on see bananas and tell us that Logan Thomas is going to do well. You and I have been big Logan Thomas fans. We think that he can be the next Jaron Waller at the same time. When you're looking at Noah Fant there and the potential for him to take another step forward, the Bridgewater selection would seem to be absolutely perfect for him.
1: Yeah, I think it's really perfect. I I, I thought he was going to be in for a big season either way, but I think Bridgewater is going to really help things there for him. And I think this offense, and I know it's Bridgewater and he was with the Panthers last year. I think we'll see Some similarities this year where they're going to try and stretch the field a little bit and i I don't know if bridgewater is going to have a huge amount of success doing that but that's also going to help open things up underneath for fant we've seen what he can do uh with yards after the catch and um you know i'm really excited about i'm very very excited about thomas as well so these are two guys that i have been targeting a huge amount and it just depends on how things fall in the draft i've probably drafted them both equally i'm very excited about each of them so at this point sean Based on the tight end premium, I would probably lean into seeing if Mari potentially comes back. We'll, we can think about that. But I would be probably going later with the quarterback position, and I would be taking Thomas or Fant at this point as as Thomas goes off the board, um, three picks to go before ours. If they're both gone, I think we're into a position where I would be going with Chennault, then Boyd, then Juju. Um, would you have the wide receivers in the same order or slightly different?
2: Run, run the order by me again?
1: Uh, Chanel, Boyd, and then Juju.
2: Yeah, that's the way I would go too. I was looking here. We have a, a team called Freak Score Calculator at the at the turn, and they have gone Waller, Barkley, and then Moore, Higgins, and now Logan Thomas there. So uh, that's a little bit of the danger that you run when you put out the good information on the site They'll come, <laughs> come back to bite you in some of these really high stakes drafts. Uh, unfortunate to to run up against someone who is drafting almost the identical board that we have, and, and it has those picks in between us. But we obviously love having the subscribers, love having a competition. Uh, Colin, the Listener Leagues have been an absolute blast. The Listener League 4 has been even more aggressive than the first three, and you and I have been, again, forced into selecting running backs at, like, four round discounts uh, because all the wide receivers are gone
1: yeah and I, there was a question today wondering if i had ever drafted more running backs than wide receivers in the first 10 rounds before we had i think i think we have five running back or five running backs for wide receivers but as you mentioned the there are positions where we just cannot walk past them um the the listeners are, are drafting very sharp in those drafts so it's going to be fun to see how it plays out but they've definitely put us under a little bit of pressure and those Um, We are, Sean, um, getting to one pick away from our draft. Murray has gone off the board. Um, Boyd has now gone off the board. For me, I would be leaning towards Fant here. Um, I mentioned earlier about about Visca. I think this is a little bit too early to go that way. So my pick for wide receiver would be uh, Chenault. My pick for tight end would be Fant.
2: Okay, yeah, let's go with Fant here. One of the things with Chennault is he has that week 7 bye. Uh, It's just, it's so hard to...
1: We love that Week 7 buy. It's wonderful.
2: Wonderful. And so, you know, it gives us a little bit more flexibility to not have that buy in there. The Week 11 buy from Fant is not one that we're going to have as many issues with. Uh, If Fant is able to take the next step in that offense, then he's an absolute league winner for us. Chanel probably doesn't have the same kind of positional advantage that Fant might end up giving us. And so... We have that, and also a situation where now we have a little bit more flexibility as we go through it. We don't have to force a tight end in at a later spot. It's really hard to give up Chenault, but we do have some other wide receivers that we like. Colin, the 7-8 range is a little bit more of a flat, gross area for us. What are you starting to look at for that turn?
1: I think that's the area where we usually will see a lot of the, the, the quarterbacks go off the board. So my first question to you is going to be the quarterbacks in that range tend to be Russell Wilson, Arn Rogers. Rodgers. Um, then we get into the likes of um, Justin Herbert. I'm, I'm thinking we just we bypass all of that um, and look in a different position. I just want to check before I go into the rest of my thoughts. Any of those quarterbacks that are of interest or are we just looking somewhere else?
2: no i don't think there's any interest
1: there no i just wanted to make sure so that that bypasses that part of the conversation uh looking ahead then i really like dylan dylan's made your zero rb list as well we have two running backs with the two running back builds so far are we looking to bypass the running back position or are we looking to see if we can build on that strength at this point
2: well, it's a little bit of a matter of, of where the values are, right? So we have our tiers that we're working with today. We're through now into tier five. Actually, as I say, the last tier five player does go off the board. We're into tier six. And so one of the tricky elements here is that, you know, we have Irv Smith. He's someone we don't necessarily need at this point. The next wide receivers that I have are Debo who does go right about in that range, and then Will Fuller, who should be available on the full next turns around for us. There are some names like Mike Gasicki, Dallas Goddard players who are down sort of into the tier seven. So it's a little bit of deciding how late we can wait on Fuller. Does it create a situation where we wait too long? Does it get kind of claustrophobic there with the quarterbacks that we're looking at a little bit later? who are some of the other running backs that you want to get in that sort of 9-10 range i mean the the 7-8 is gross the 9-10 is a lot more fun you know you have potentially moss kasicki connor ronald jones uh, jarvis landry who's undervalued then tony pollard sony michelle will fuller I mean, if if this were a trading draft, obviously we would kind of trade, trade down and get a little bit more value back by being able to target some guys in that area.
1: I feel kind of that I would be leaning towards maybe one of uh, the the running back, that I, and the running back I'd be looking for there would be AJ Dillon. I'm happy to bypass that. Most of the running backs that we're going to like are going to be in the next round, and you mentioned Ronald Jones, uh, James Connors there as well. I would be interested in this range and possibly – Getting one of the, the running backs there that we mentioned. And either um I, I would I would be quite interested, if, depending on if it falls for Eric Smith or Mike Casecki, if either of them lasted to the next pick after that. The other players that I'd be kind of interested in here at this point would be the likes of um possibly a Jarvis Landry or Debo Samuel if, if they last. The other player who's really skyrocketing up at the moment is Corey Davis. Um not really buying it at the current ADP. How, how are you thinking about, about Davis if he would happen to, to last trade? I,
2: I, I love the fact that Davis is getting this high because I think that it pushes other uh, more appealing targets down. Now, that's not to say that he won't have a good season. Discussed him in the year five breakout article. Uh, the range of outcomes tool at that point gave him a very good chance to outperform ADP, which now uh, everybody has sort of tumbled to with the good preseason games. And he's risen into an area where now it's going to be more challenging to beat that. So I like him rising because it pushes Elijah Moore down. I think Moore is still going to be the guy, especially for the second half of the season. Another kind of question about the second half of the season element column. We know that we're going to have a lot of wide receivers. Michael Thomas, someone who is a very possible guy to come back uh, into – that 804 range, and when I see him there, then even if he misses the first six weeks, they have a week six bye, right? So they hold him out through then. With Jameis Winston looking so good, with Callaway looking good, with you know having an Alan Kamara and the explosiveness that the talent on that offense gives you, I'm a little bit surprised that people are now so low on Michael Thomas. Uh, I mean, he's sort of going in this range where A.J. Green was often going. And, I mean, A.J. Green was much older. We had known he hadn't been good for a long time. He had a terrible attitude. And Michael Thomas, there's definitely this attitude question. But even last year when he was playing injured, uh, when he came back, I mean, target hog looked good. He's one of those guys where if you take him in round eight and you don't need to start him for the first six weeks because you are very heavy at wide receiver, then when you're talking about winning the half a million dollars, It's one of those questions of, you know, is someone like a Michael Thomas not going to fit into your lineup? It may be that he doesn't, right? But in round eight, and especially with round eight being a little bit of a dead area, I guess it it seems to me like, you know, almost a a win-win.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think what's happened with Thomas is a combination of the uncertainty around the quarterback for so long, the retirement, obviously, of Drew Brees, the injury, Then what's happened with the injury the fallout with kind of seems to be with him and sean payton a little bit and i think all that let's just say they made a big soup out of it all and that's really affected the the perception with him i also think you know if it's a case where you're drafting somebody and you think oh he's not going to be there for the first six weeks i think that's obviously going to play into people's mind as well and i think if we have the mindset of we have the wide receivers we need for those first six weeks and we get him back in week seven when uh, just clicking into my head now, the dread at Week 7 bye. He could be the perfect uh, fill-in spot for the, the Week 7 by. But I, I think it's going to be quite interesting. The other thing, Sean, as we wait, and I, I do think that Thomas Samuel and uh, this other player that's still there, I'm nearly afraid to say his name, Chenault is still on the board at this point. We are five picks away. I have no expectation that he's going to get back to us, but uh, going a little bit later than, than I would have expected anyway. I'm quite interested after... Um, you talking through Thomas there. Um, haven't drafted him a huge amount, um, but I think that that could be quite interesting. I'm, I'm quite a lot more excited for this Saints offense now that, that uh, we have a situation where Winston is the quarterback. I, I always thought that would be more beneficial um, to the offense. I think it's going to be a lot more of your kind of regular NFL offense, I guess we'll call it at this point. But um, those three guys are there. Um, Herb Smith is there. We have that tight end already. Eric Smith will be a nice person to to get to add into that, but I think we go for one of those three wide receivers.
2: Yeah, what are your thoughts on – so Will Fuller is is a target, and we wouldn't necessarily want to be too overweight on the Miami offense, especially when you consider that they have that week 14 by, they have a a quarterback who is trying to emerge, and you're in this situation where Mike Kosicki might also be an option – but Jalen Waddle has absolutely blown up their training camp. Unlike Fuller, he's going to be there for Week One. He has a chance to really put his stamp on that offense right off the bat. Is he someone in Round Eight? Before we do that, Colin Debo seems like the pretty easy choice here in, in Round Seven with the seven on nine.
1: Yeah, I like Samuel here. Unless you unless you want to rev up the Michael Thomas engine, but let's see if he gets back to us. Let's go for for Debo here. So I think it's, it's still interesting, unfortunately, for the, the listeners listening. Chenault did go at the 706, uh, a couple of spots before us. Another person I was going to mention, but he went at the 707, was Branton Cooks. I think just based on how that offense is probably going to run this year, I think he's going to be in quite an interesting position. Um, But now in our queue, we do have Thomas, we do have Smith, and Waddle has just gone. So I guess we'll touch on the, the conversation, Sean. But I think Waddle's going to be very, very interesting, is moving up boards at the moment, Um, but I still think that Baller would be my target between the two of them. So I still think we're in the the position that we want to be in.
2: Yeah, they brought Fuller in order to make sure that he was ready for the season. I don't get the impression that there is a lot of concern about The injury. I think not being able to play in week one made it easier for them too to hold back a little bit because they don't have to get him ready for that first game. It is something where, with him being a new guy in the offense, you would like for him to be able to have had this training camp with the quarterback so he could come out all guns blazing like we saw from Diggs, like we saw from Hopkins last season. I don't think people are putting Fuller in that conversation as being that kind of talent. He's probably not quite to that level, but he is in the next tier down, which. You know, unfortunately for him, is not the perception. He wasn't able to get the free agent contract uh, that he was probably deserving of, but that is something that's going to happen to you when you have that suspension and the injury things in your background. Colm, another player who uh, is coming to us here with an injury is DJ Chark. You know, you continue to hear that he'll be ready for week one. It seems like we're getting a pretty big discount on a guy for whom things haven't really changed, right? He just isn't practicing right now.
1: Yeah, and Chark was somebody we were massively uh, on board with this time last season Um, after his second-year performance. So uh, he is somebody as well that's, that is very, very interesting. He is one of the dreaded Week 7 buys. We have only one player with that buy, so we're quite happy to, to be able to take him. The other player I would pitch for here is somebody who's in, in that tier is Irv Smith. Are we waiting, um, holding off on tight end, or are we going to lock it up? I know I, I think we... We hold off. We look to get Comet a little bit later if possible.
2: That's what I think as well. Comet really is someone that I want on almost every team. And I'd like Fremuth at the very end. He's somebody who probably will be replaced with a free agent pickup after week one, after week two. But we get to see him a little bit more in a real game. And we have a name that I think is interesting for these last couple rounds, which the last couple of rounds, you know do get a little bit trickier in terms of finding people that you think have any potential value at all. Now, you know, after week one, we'll have plenty of guys where you look at it and say, okay, well, you know, these guys were no brainers. Why did they get drafted? You know, should we bid 500, 600 for them? And so you look back and you're like, how did I not make that pick? At the same time, with the information we're currently uh, we have it currently available to us, those picks are a little bit trickier, and and I think there are some names at tight end that we can use to kind of round out the draft. So, Colin Mornell, one pick away, Thomas, or Smith, DJ Chark, all there. AJ Dillon is also there. We talked a little bit before about the fact that your Green Bay Packers have that week 13 buy, a little bit less of an issue perhaps for someone we're not counting on as a starter, and yet at the same time, if Dillon does what we expect, then, you know, you're going to be sad you don't have him in that game. It's also a situation, I think, where we have a couple of running backs already. There might be less incentive to, I wouldn't call it a reach, but I feel more comfortable with him sort of in the ninth round. Now, I know that he's going a little bit ahead of that at this point. So, you know, if you want him, you're going to have to get some exposure here. Where are you thinking, wide receiver? Relative to running back, we do know that James Connor, someone we are looking at in round nine or round ten, has already been selected. So you know there are some guys that we won't necessarily have a chance to draft later.
1: Yeah, I probably would lean with Connor being gone. I'd probably lean towards Dylan. Uh, you mentioned Shark. I'm not against that pick. You mentioned Michael Thomas earlier as well. I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to go with the wide receiver over the running back, but I think Dylan might be the the pick here unless you want to go for Shark or Thomas.
2: Okay, well do aj dylan
1: i just think like w- with the likes of uh connor being off the board i think that puts more value into dylan there i'd have been looking to get connor you know in the next wraparound um with him being gone i think it just limits some of those options and while uh, there's a good chance that we will have the likes of jamal or sorry the ronald jones there at that point we're going to be in a situation where if they go then i know we have our two running backs but a lot of our favorite guys there so i think now we'll end up bypassing those options in the 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 next two rounds to get some more wide receivers i think that's where we'll we'll see that the next question i have for you sean is the uh obviously the wide receivers we're hoping to get here are going to be probably the likes of landry fuller the two Moors, uh, and elijah and rondell is that kind of where we're, we're looking to lean here and are we starting to get to a point you know, are we, are we looking to the 11th, 12th round before we're starting to to look at the, the QB recession? Yes.
2: Yeah, so in the last couple of days, Lance in round 11, Fields and Burrow in round 12. I think the round 12 is where we have to grab one of those guys. We have too many high-value players ahead of that, although Henry Ruggs could also be there in round 12, in which case I don't think that you necessarily have put yourself – out of Widers, I don't think that you've taken QB upside completely off the board if you end up using your late picks at quarterback, which quarterback is a position you can still get there late when there are a lot of options at other positions. So you could even take three guys, take a Baker Mayfield who really emerged at the end of last season and uh, did that with a Cleveland Browns team that went from extremely run heavy to actually fairly pass heavy. In the second half, they'll have Odell Beckham back. We could see a big breakout from him. You could put him with a Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I've said uh, is going to be a top 10 QB. Fitzpatrick likely to light it up with the weapons he has at his disposal. I think the only question for me there is, you know, how good is that Washington defense? Will they not actually be passing in the second half? And then Zach Wilson has really come on as of late, has a little bit of sort of stealth rushing upside. And, you know, if we like Corey Davis, if we like Elijah Moore, if we think that Jets defense probably still has a ways to go, then he could be the quarterback who comes out and is this year as Justin Herbert. And obviously if you're doing that in round 19, then you don't have to be right. Whereas even in rounds 11 and 12 with Trey Lance and Justin Fields, you know, you you kind of need to be right. So, you know, you use a pick in that range. They don't start. uh, Maybe they are package players for half the season. I don't necessarily anticipate that. They've just been so good. Their teams are going to want to go to them. But, you know, there are some reasons or some scenarios in which you could be wrong there. And if a Henry Ruggs is on the board or Rodnell Moore is on the board, then, you know, those are tricky conversations.
1: So, Sean, we are just at the last pick now off the eighth round. Jarvis Landry has gone off the board at the 811. Elijah Moore, who I mentioned, uh, has gone off the board at the 812. Uh, the draft is starting to, to play out quite interestingly here overall and we always talk about the team number one possibly throwing things away because they're getting Christian McCaffrey but it doesn't look like in the situation that is what they are going to do they've got AJ Brown Keenan Allen De- Deontay Johnson Javante Williams Devontae Smith Antonio Brown Elijah Moore and then Eric Smith so it doesn't look like uh, unfortunately they're they're throwing this one away just yet I've been in a few drafts for after the draft I'm quite confident the number one team may have messed things up but Uh, they're in a pretty solid spot so far um going to be interesting to see how the draft plays out overall just to do a quick rundown as to how things have played out thus far we do have tyreek hill justin jefferson deandre swift chris godwin trey sermon noah fant debo samuel and aj Dillon. we will pick up the rest of the draft a little bit Later, we're going to split this into a couple of parts, so we're going to put a pen in it there for today's show. As always, thank you for listening in. Drop us a written review on your favorite podcast app, we do appreciate that greatly. If you want to get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass, now is the perfect time before the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code RB Radio 2021 at checkout, save yourself that 10%, or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. My name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel check out his great work up on rotovis.com including the zero rb article but until we're back with the next edition have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on roto Radio. Please rate and review the roto Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at roto Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to roto with a discount through the roto Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.